Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's make some bets. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. Ben Wittenstein and the professor, Nate Jacobson. It is Picks Thursday, and we don't have a ton of college football picks, Nate, but we got the NFL. We got your favorite World Cup picks. Uh, we got some best bets also, so we we still got stuff going on, Nate. Oh yeah, a lot going on still. Obviously, college football definitely going to miss it on Saturday when I wake up in the morning and don't have a full board to look oh. at and scramble making my last bets. Honestly, maybe although a good thing though for my health and, and <laughs> mental health. No, and, no, and maybe I can you know spend more time with friends, family, loved ones. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's, you know, a lot off the plate, I guess, in terms of uh, betting, especially on a Saturday, a weekend. Yeah. But there is some World Cup quarterfinals, and there are some amazing World Cup quarterfinals, including one game on Saturday that we'll get to. We'll preview all four and hit on the NFL Week 14. Uh, I think there's a few more games I like this week or have a stronger conviction on than I've had in previous weeks. So looking forward Ooh. to talking about those bets. I'm excited. Yeah, there's uh you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest soccer guy in the world. I enjoy watching the World Cup, but you're you're into it and you're you've been making bets, you've been winning bets and uh, I don't know about winning to, bets. You're winning some bets. <laughs> I mean I, You've won a World Cup bet at least. I've won a few. It, it was better early on and uh man, I had Switzerland plus half a goal the other Oof. day and they lost six one. So yeah. that was kind of a humbling experience and uh you learn from it hopefully it can bounce back a little bit in the quarters yeah there you go so you'll so you'll learn some stuff we do have one college football pick though so let's just get into that one college football pick it's the army navy game service academy we love it very patriotic here for this weekend since it's the only college football game of the weekend and there's only one bet to make for this game nate and it's the under and it's a low one it's 32 and a half we're gonna take the under i'm gonna take the under on this game there's only really a couple stats we need to we need to reference for this one, and of course, if you know Service Academy games, you know you always bet the under in them, because in Service Academy games, the under is 43 nine and one since 2005, and Army Navy specifically, Nate, has hit 16 straight unders. These games are slow. These games are run heavy. The offenses aren't very good. Under 32.5 is the play in this Service Academy game. Nate, we're going to go through history. We're not going to fade history. We're not going to fade the numbers. We're going to go with the math. Let's go under 32.5. I think one reason why you see under so much is both teams run the same offense, the triple option. So both teams' defenses are familiar with that offense because they see it every day in practice. Plus, the running just kind of chews clock the whole time. So. You know, there's not a lot of incompletions and clock stoppages, which is always good when betting the under. Then I also I think an underlying thing is sometimes there's a bigger spread involved with these teams. This is obviously a close spread game. In the past, there may be a little bit of a difference between the teams, but because they have so much respect for each other as fellow service academies, they don't want to run up the score. So there's a chance that late in the game, they kind of just sit on the ball and they're not throwing. They're just running the whole time. So I think that all kind of contributes into why, even though odds makers keep adjusting 
these totals down and down and down. They simply can't catch up to it, and that's why we've seen such a understreak like we have for even the two service academy games this year when the uh, the Air Force was involved. So yeah. obviously I'll have a little bit on the under because it's so low, and they know. God, eventually it's to. gonna eventually the streak will be broken eventually i don't think it's going to be this weekend because again the the stats are there the math is there it's unpatriotic to bet the over in a service academy game and i think that's how it works yeah no i think that's <laughs> a good handicap the for the game and, and one of the uh reasons to watch uh let's do some nfl picks since that's really the only college football game we want to bet on for this weekend but we do have a fun slate of NFL games, actually. There's some really fun games going on this weekend. You have some picks. Um, I've got a couple as well. Uh, I think you have a best bet as well that we'll get to in the NFL. But start us off. What are some games you're looking at? Yeah, so I guess I could just share my best bet right away. Do this it. line has moved a little bit. I'll still give it out for a best bet just to have something. If you can get plus six, though, on the Cleveland Browns, take the plus six. It did move to five and a half today. But I think there's a lot of recency bias in this line. The look-ahead line against the Bengals was Bengals minus 3.5. Browns go out, beat the Texans last week, but all the you know perception about that game was they weren't very good. Deshaun Watson looked horrible in his first start in a Browns uniform, but he was playing his former team. I think there was a lot of rust. He's learning a new system. Just he wasn't very confident. I'm hoping the second start for a guy who's still an elite quarterback can kind of, you know, he can get on the right track and play just at least a little bit better. On the other side, the Bengals are coming off a huge win against the Chiefs, but I think because of that, the line is a little bit inflated here, as we saw earlier this week when the Bengals get out to six. Kevin Stefanski has really dominated Zach Taylor in his career. Joe Burrow hasn't beat the Browns in his career. The Browns' defense has had a good matchup and game plan whenever facing Burrow. And obviously the Bengals are the better team, and the Browns maybe not a very attractive team, but I really do think the Browns can cover this number. And if they can get some improved play from Deshaun Watson, I think they have a great chance of winning this game outright because of the potential letdown that the Bengals have this week after a big win last week. So I like a lot of things here situationally, and I also like getting this number edge on the Cleveland Browns plus the points. Yeah, I like it. I think that's a that's a, that's a sensible pick, I would say. I have a pick for Thursday night football, uh, and it really is just simply Rams plus seven. Saw they they reached seven at some sports books today. I'll take that field goal point, or excuse me, the touchdown points, and I'll give the same reasoning I gave last week against the Raiders, which is I still don't think the Raiders are that good, and I know they've been better recently. They've been uh, their offense has stepped up, but I think they're you know top five in DVOA and in that ranking for the past couple of games, and they've actually looked like they're a team that's starting to come together. And I talked about it on Tuesday how good the Raiders have looked. Yet this number has gotten to seven. We're not sure who's going to play a quarterback. You hate to make a bet when you're not sure who's going to be uh, playing quarterback for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. It might be John Wolford. It might be Baker Mayfield. They're going to go through Bryce Perkins even. <laughs> Listen, it might be him as well. We just can't know, and we won't know until maybe an hour before the game. Right. But I like getting getting seven. I really do. The Rams have one of the better rush defenses in the NFL. I think they're fourth in rush defense in yards per rush. We know how much that Raiders offense relies on Josh Jacobs. I know it's a short week for both teams. The situation doesn't really go the Rams' direction yet. I still don't trust the Raiders, Nate. I don't trust them to be this consistent, even though they have been good over the past couple of games. I think this is a game where we can see them falter just a little bit. They still they can win. They can beat the Rams. Seven points is a lot, so I'll take it. 
Yeah, for sure. It's weird seeing the Raiders as such a big favorite here against the Rams. I will say the Rams will not have a home field advantage because the Raiders are going to have a lot of fans at this game because they used to play in Los Angeles a long time ago. And the Raiders fans always travel anyway, and they're always there when the the Chargers um, or the Raiders are playing the Chargers. I think that this line is definitely inflated. So I like the idea where you're, you know, you think this number is is out of whack. And and I think I agree with you. I I do agree with you. The only thing is... Who who do you rather want to play quarterback in this game? I think would you rather take seven with John Wolford or seven with Baker Mayfield, who literally was uh, sent the playbook on a Tuesday, yeah. so he can fly from I guess Carolina to LA and quickly learn it and have no practice time. I think I'd rather have John Wolford and have plus seven than Baker Mayfield, just because first of all Mayfield might not even be good, and second of all he has no chemistry. So if it's John Wolford, who I know is a little dinged up. Uh, Maybe I'll join you on the Ram 7 train, but I do want to wait until I get that news. I do want to say this about Baker Mayfield. He seems like the type of quarterback, he seems like the type of person that would be better the less they have to think. So maybe not knowing the playbook and maybe playing on instinct is the best thing that could happen to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> That's just a thought I had and then putting it out there uh, to make me maybe feel better about betting the Rams plus 7. But Listen, if you're listening to this on a Friday and the Rams got absolutely demolished and they scored six points, uh, apologies for having to have had you listen to me talk positively about the Rams. <laughs> so we can move on to some of the games that are happening on Sunday. Uh, you have a couple plays. I do agree with you if you want to go to Baltimore. I do agree with you on this Ravens play. I like it a lot. Yeah, and this would definitely be a teaser leg, but I couldn't find anything to pair them with. So yeah. for the teaser segment, we'll skip it. But if something does emerge or you like something, uh, the Ravens teasing them up makes a lot of sense. So I think the, the handicap in this game is what's the difference between Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley I do think it's a significant drop off but the look ahead lines for this game had the Ravens over a field goal favorite now the Steelers were minus three at one point this week I actually grabbed a little Ravens plus three and now we're kind of at two two and a half but the game the low total 36 and a half it's down to Tyler Huntley does have starter experience he has a full week to prep for this game yep. I know the Steelers are playing better but they've also played a little bit of a weaker slate of opponents. The Ravens are a stronger team than a lot of the teams they've just played. So I like the Ravens here catching a small number. I would really like them in a teaser if you could find something else with it. I think in a game with a low total and whenever these two teams play, it's a close game. I think you can always side with the underdog for the most part in this game, and then there's a little bit of an overreaction to the backup quarterback here. This is this is going to be a gross game. It's a low total. It's going to be a slow-paced game. It is going to be two inept offenses going against each other. And people may forget Baltimore has a good defense. They're top oh, yeah. 10 in opponents' points per play. I mean, this is going to be a, one of the tougher defenses that Kenny Pickett is going to play all season long. And I don't know if I necessarily trust him to be that consistently good. So in a game where I do truly believe this total or this number should maybe be closer to a pick'em than it is to closer to a field goal, I'll take the Ravens. It's gonna be gross. It's going to be a slog. And I think in a game like that, it favors the Ravens. Harbaugh has a seventy percent win percentage against the spread as an underdog. So I, I tend to trust that team and, and like you said, Huntley is not the biggest of all steps down from Lamar Jackson. He's 3-1 and one against the spread. This game should probably have a closer line, so I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the Ravens a plus 2.5. I think this is a good enough team to go up against the Steelers team 
who probably shouldn't be close to a field goal favorite. Yeah, and I think Against in the division rival too. Yeah, in the first game, ba- or first game, first start for Huntley, I think you get an inspired effort from the rest of the team, especially That'll that happen. defense. Obviously, the Ravens have a lot of question marks offensively. They're even with Lamar, their receiver group is is really weak outside of the tight end and Mark Andrews in terms of pass catchers. But, you know, the running back's kind of been a revolving door with injuries to Edwards and Dobbins and Kenny and Drake I don't think is really an every down back. So I think it will be an offensive struggle. But because of that, I'm fine with taking plus two and a half because I can see the Steelers yeah. winning by one or two points. Give me the underdog in this game. Uh, whoever's the underdog, if it was the Steelers, yeah. I'll take the Steelers. No, that's the thing. If it was a, like Lamar plays last week, say the Ravens win by like whatever, seven against the Broncos or kind of handily – and it was over a field goal favor for the Ravens, the Steelers would probably be a, yeah, at least, a, at least something I consider half. of. Yeah, definitely. Like, Anything over it. a field goal for sure because the Steelers are playing better. But because, you know, yeah, no, I agree with you that kind of uh, – it's funny, like we like the Ravens because it's Tyler Huntley. We, we would have liked the Steelers if it was yeah. Lamar. Not saying Lamar is bad. It's just I think that when you have two quarterbacks that kind of have a similar playing style, obviously Lamar is better. Uh, but it's all about price when it comes to betting the NFL. Yeah. And this is the no- we, we're just playing the number here at this point. Yeah. Another team that I'm playing the number with, Carolina Panthers, going on the road. Face the Seattle Seahawks on the road, always a tough task. Panthers are getting four and a half points. Give me Carolina in this one. Teams after a bye, 15-9 and nine straight up in the NFL this season. The Panthers are actually kind of um, – I'm not going to say getting better as the season goes on, but they have been playing better than the market has expected them to play. They've covered in their last three games. Their QB issues, suddenly, no Baker Mayfield. Maybe it's a little bit more of a calmer team, a calmer QB room where they know where they're going with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Seattle's also been 0-3 against the spread in their last three games. I like this number. Give me four and a half with the Panthers. Um, Seattle is is one and three as a favorite this season as well. They they usually don't play super well when they're favored. It's hard for them to cover a big number. So it's it's a good situation I think for Carolina and they're, and they're getting some more points, especially being on the road. Give me the Panthers. Give me Sam Darnold. Yeah, there's been a significant line move in this game. Some of the look ahead said the Panthers at plus six and a half, and I think kind of what you're saying with Carolina coming off a bye, Sam Darnold looking serviceable, and now with Baker Mayfield out, maybe kind of more focus in the Panthers quarterback room and just locker room in general. Plus the Seahawks defense looking a little vulnerable the last two weeks against the Rams and the Raiders. So I agree with the line move for those reasons. Kind of waiting to see where it goes back to. I did see a four and a half which if that was the case, I definitely would look towards the Carolina side. Even at three and a half, I would only play Carolina here. So I agree with you. Um, Not sure if I'm going to bet it just because the number's gone down, but Carolina makes a lot of sense to me. And because I have a NFC West future on the 49ers and the the chance to potentially hedge and, you know, take a little Seahawks plus 350 to protect myself, I actually think I'm going to let it ride, thinking that the Panthers could beat the Seahawks. And the more I think about it, I like the 49ers against the Bucks, at least to win, maybe not to cover. So not going to uh, hedge out of that because I do like the 49ers and then the uh, opponent the Seahawks are playing. So I do hope the Panthers win, even if I uh, don't bet on this individual game. I just need Gino for my fantasy team. You have uh, Chargers, plus uh, plus, uh, three and a half. I do, I do, I do. Um, Man. Hopefully they get this some guys. Hopefully they guys they get guys back from injury. I did see it went from Dolphins minus three to to three and a half today. So I'm guessing did. it might not be the case. But I am gonna trust Justin Herbert to play well. This is super narrative, but 
Justin Herbert to play well okay. against the team who passed on him in the 2020 <laughs> draft. The <laughs> Dolphins held the fifth pick. I think some people in that organization wanted Herbert. Some wanted Tua. They opt to go for Tua. Herbert's the next pick. Uh, for you know that 2020 year and 2021, it looked like a disastrous decision. Obviously, Tua's played a lot better. But I feel like Herbert will be very motivated to kind of prove the Dolphins wrong, that they picked the wrong quarterback. That's, I know, very narrative-y. But I also expect Brandon Staley, who, you know, gets a lot of criticism on social media. But when the Chargers are underdogs and he deploys this high-variance game plan where they're aggressive on fourth downs, that actually suits the Chargers in the underdog role because they do convert some of those fourth down conversions. They have a better chance of winning. When they're a favorite and they're doing that and it doesn't work out, then I don't want any part of the Chargers. So the Chargers, as an underdog, especially at home, although I guess home field advantage definitely doesn't matter for them. They are actually probably better on the road just because they're probably undervalued or usually undervalued on the road. Now it might be a different story with all their injuries. But I do like the Chargers plus three and a half. Maybe we get some guys back from injury. I'm probably going to wait till Sunday, though, to bet this game, uh, just to kind of check this Chargers injury report. But I like the idea of backing Herbert against the team who passed on him. Let's go to the NFC East uh, for a quick second because I want to do the Giants-Eagles. And, uh, I, you know, this is not a pick that I initially saw, and I was thinking, oh, I'm definitely going to do this. But I did a little bit of research, did a little bit of studying. Giants-Eagles under 45-and-a-half is, uh, is tempting, and I think I'm going to take it. That's going to be one of my bets. Giants-Unders are 9-3 and three this year. And usually when you're watching these guys, whatever they do defensively and then offensively, they're not very good either. But defensively, they'll just drag teams down in with them and they'll slow the pace down. Eagles are, are going to run all over these guys. That's the thing. The Eagles are the third highest rush attempts in the league this season. Giants are fourth in most rush attempts in the league this season. There will be a lot of running the ball, which, Nate, as we know, is going to mean a lot of running the clock. So the clock's going to be running a lot in this game. Giants are going to drag the Eagles down at maybe a slower pace, a slower method of, of trying to dismantle this Giants defense. It's going to be tough to see the Giants even scoring a lot of points as well. Yep. They're going to be using Saquon a lot. They do like to go a lot of uh, short yardage situations in their passing game. I can get this over that key number of 44, so I'll take the under 45 and a half. Kind of like that call because I was thinking of, you know, value playing the Giants maybe at a full plus seven at home. Yeah. But there you regardless go. of how you see this game, I feel like low scoring is what it's going to be no matter what. Um, yeah, so I, I like that idea. I guess my only worry is the Giants defense had to play 70 minutes against the Commanders, so maybe they're a little tired in the Eagles running game kind of gashes them. But at the same time, I know the Giants, um, I know different defensive scheme, but they did shut down Jalen Hurts last year when the Eagles visited the Giants, and it was a much yeah. different, you know, version of Jalen Hurts. But it is. I could see a, a low-scoring game, especially if there's some uh, weather in the mix in New Jersey. One other NFL game I just want to touch on. I actually bet today Jaguars plus four. The oh. reason I bet this was I do believe trevor lawrence will play and that's maybe the risk here so if you don't want to you know want to wait till he's you know ruled in he wasn't at practice thursday i thought that the way the like the market was going it was heading towards three and a half so i assumed you know good news with trevor lawrence that's not the case but on the other side the titans have an ugly injury report Traylon burks and concussion protocol he's an important receiver especially when you need a team to win like win by margin yep. and I just don't think much separates these two teams other than records so I like the value of the Jaguars getting over a field goal obviously hoping that Trevor Lawrence plays in this game Mike Vrabel good underdog not as good as a favorite and if they don't have Burks I think they're gonna have trouble creating margin in this game against a Jaguars team that I have no problem going back to after they let me down last week 
You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. World Cup time. Yes. With the page. We got a big weekend of matches coming up in the World Cup. And, uh, Nate, you've been uh, betting left and right for this World Cup for the past week or so. So, as we go into this weekend, let's uh, let's talk about some of these matches for a second. We have Croatia and we have Brazil. Uh, looks like Brazil's the heavy favorite, minus two seventy-five, two and a half is the total. What uh, what are you looking at in some of these? Some of this or in this matchup in particular? So I like Brazil here. Obviously, not going to lay minus two seventy-five to win in ninety minutes. Yes, uh, I think they're minus seven hundred to advance. So. Oh my god, monster favorite here, but it's very justified. Croatia's an older team. And they just played a hard-thought 120 minutes against Japan on Monday. And this is the early Friday game. Brazil was able to rest their starters in their third group match against Cameroon on last Friday. And then they made easy work of South Korea on Monday. So they're pretty rested for this game. So I like two bets here. I like Brazil and under three and a half goals on a, on a same-game parlay or one-game parlay. And also Brazil and both teams to score no or Brazil to win the nil, depending on the you know the language at your sports book. You can... Usually do that in terms of a one-game parlay or same-game parlay. Croatia scored five goals this tournament before we're against Canada. They had scoreless draws against Morocco and Belgium. So they're not going to create many chances here, especially against a very strong Brazil team who's going to possess the ball. And Croatia's tired, as I mentioned. So if Brazil gets out to a lead, I think that they're kind of going to not totally shut it down, but kind of play you know more passing and not going to be too aggressive because they don't want to, you know, Croatia to counterattack because they have a big semifinal date against either Argentina or Netherlands next week. So I'm hoping for the Brazil 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, which I think you can bet those can exact that. scores kind of bunched up um, at, a, at BetMGM, I know, has plus 150 on that. Ooh. But I, I think it's kind of going uh, either Brazil under 3.5 goals or even money or Brazil, both teams have scored no is uh, the way I'm looking at it to get Brazil on your side, but at a reasonable price. Let's move to the Netherlands and Argentina. Got a little <laughs> messy action going on, and Argentina is the uh, favorite still. Plus money, though, plus uh, 125. The little draw action and regulation is plus 215. The total is two. Uh, plus 100 on the, uh, on the other two, so I'm expecting a little bit of goal action. Under two, yeah, no. Well, I think it's gonna be a it's a low scoring game that they're anticipating because a lot of soccer totals two and a half. But when you kind of get to two, it's it's a different story. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is actually like nil nil or one nil each way. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna bet under. Still kind of deciding what to do. Plus I do need Argentina to win for some bets that I've made before the tournament. Uh, I have one bet where it's like, but uh, I bet. South, a South American country to win the World Cup. So I really need the Brazil-Argentina semifinal to happen to guarantee I get one of those teams in the final, and then I can decide what to do with that bet. But I do think this is going to be a tense game, a nervous game. Netherlands have a pretty structured system under Louis van Hall. We kind of saw that when they played the Americans on Saturday and took advantage of some of yeah. their deficiencies. And Louis van Hall kind of made fun of the uh, American manager for not being very smart. Uh, but Argentina, I know it. You know it was hasn't been the prettiest tournament so far. They lost to Saudi Arabia in the first game. 
They got frustrated by Mexico for about an hour before finally Messi broke through. And I'm also worried that Argentina sees Brazil maybe win earlier in the day and they kind of feel like a little extra pressure knowing that everyone in the world's been talking about this all South American semifinal between the two, you know, two of the biggest rivals in world soccer. Messi, obviously a lot of narrative there, but this being his last World Cup. So I do have a little bit of concern against Argentina, and I would never back them at like minus 160 to advance, but I just hope they win based on some of the bets I already have. Morocco and Portugal. Portugal minus 150, and Morocco is plus 475 over a 2.25 is the total there. It's an even money on both sides at minus 110 and minus 110. Uh, a little bit of a Ewing effect going on with Portugal and uh, Ronaldo <laughs> on the bench, but I, uh, they're favored pretty heavily here. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Portugal is a team I was actually lower on going this tournament because there was all this controversy with Ronaldo and how he was leaving Manchester United, yeah. and he's also getting older, so I thought they were overvalued because people see Ronaldo, they want to bet on Portugal, but they're actually turned out to be better without him. We saw it the other day against Switzerland. Their yeah. backup scored a hat-trick, and they just look like a potential World Cup winner without him. They just look so like free and uh, like an attack just so effortlessly against free flowing uh, for sure against switzerland so i was really impressed with portugal without ronaldo so i kind of want to know what they do in terms of the lineup here i I would bench him again and and roll out with the same starting 11 at least the same attackers against morocco i do want to back morocco here because they have the talent they're well organized and they have a home crowd advantage because a lot of morocco fans have made the trip to qatar for this world cup but I'm worried that they're going to be fatigued. They played a 120-minute game against Spain. It was clearly an emotional result based on the celebrations that you you saw after the match. Yep. The two countries, Spain and Morocco, are, are geographical neighbors. So the guy who scored the clinching World Cup goal was actually born in Madrid. So I think there was a lot you know, going on there in terms of how much that game meant for Morocco and their fans. Can they come back from a Tuesday to a Saturday early kickoff and – put that same performance against a Portugal team that might look a little bit fresher in attack? I don't know. But I can see this game being played out two ways. I can see Morocco having another inspired effort like we saw on Tuesday, and this is a low-scoring game, maybe another 0-0 or a 1-0 either side. Or I can see Portugal's fresh attack taking advantage of a tired Morocco team, maybe winning 2-0 or 3-0. Either scenario, I like the BTTS no, no on the both teams to score. It is minus money, but I do think that's a really strong play. I think there's a low-scoring, tight game, just like we saw it when Morocco played Portugal. Or, sorry, Morocco played Spain on Tuesday. Finally, England and France. This one's going to be a tight one. France is uh, the slight favorite, plus 145. England, plus 205. Draw is plus 230. And the uh, over-under sitting at 2.5, but it's uh, minus 125 in the under. So this is um, expected to be a tight game, tight match. Yeah, I think these teams are pretty equal. And uh, the odds say France is a, is a slight favorite. I don't know if I totally agree with that. France definitely has the best player in the tournament right now, and Kylian Mbappe. And I, he's been fantastic this World Cup, but France also hasn't played great competition. They had a pretty easy group. They had a very lackluster Poland side in the round of 16 who play the boringest style soccer of the world, <laughs> where if you score on Poland, the game's pretty much done. And Mbappe did score late in the first half, and yeah. that game felt over. Uh, but I do have questions about France midfield, especially the center of the midfield. Their best players from their 2018 World Cup winning team are out in Pogba and Conte. And England's had a really solid tournament. I like a lot of their young players and Jude Bellingham, Phil Foden. I also like some of their depth pieces. So they have guys like Rashford and Grealish coming off the bench. 
late in the game if this game is tied or if England needs a goal. Plus, England has an experienced defender in Kyle Walker, who I think can contain Mbappe. So since I think these teams are even and you can get England at plus money on the draw, no bet. So if England wins in regulation, you win your bet. If it goes into extra time and there's a draw for 90 minutes, you get your money back, which I like kind of the security of that. Or you can go even plus 0.25 or plus a quarter goal on England. So that's half your bet on a draw, no bet, half on England plus half a goal. So you have to lay a little bit more juice on that. But basically you get profit as long as France doesn't win in regulation. So I like the, those two bets. I can definitely see this game going in extra time. I could see this kind of game where both managers are kind of scared to put attacking lineups out and they kind of put, bring in another defender, another kind of holding midfielder. And this is kind of a defensive battle where there's like a feeling out process and it's very cautious knowing what's at stake, a spot in the World Cup semifinal. So this is a rarely big game. There's a potential there could be high scoring based on both teams' attack, but based on both managers, Gareth Southgate and Didier Deschamps, I can see kind of a low-scoring, feeling-out process. Maybe not the most exciting game from a neutral perspective, but definitely uh, it's interesting to see who's going to pass or go through in this game with the semifinal against Portugal and Morocco. So whoever wins this game is going to probably feel pretty good about making the World Cup final. All right, there you go. What is your World Cup bets for this weekend? That was a mouthful. Yeah, a lot a lot there. Um, I'll make sure to tweet, tweet out some plays yeah. um, that I have for Friday and uh, Saturday as I bet them. I think the standout one there is England uh, plus half a goal at, at reasonable juice. But if England does take more money before game day, the England draw no best at plus money. Love it. That'll do it. For sharp lessons for this week, we got our NFL picks in, we got our World Cup picks in, and of course, the Army Navy under 32 and a half, all the uh, very important service academy under. We'll be back next week with more bets. Probably going to throw in some NBA bets as well. Good luck to everybody, and uh, we'll talk next week. <laughs> <laughs>